episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by The Cradle, providing adoption services and support since 1923. Adoption changes everything. Hello and welcome to Dana Being Dana. That's me and I'm thrilled you're with us. My show is all about different aspects of the human connection, things that bring us together and living life intentionally. Six out of 10 people are touched by adoption. They were adopted, have adopted, or had a family member or friend who was adopted. Many of us believe we know all about adoption. However, sometimes we're merely relying on our preconceived notions, often rooted in fear. Adoption is a brave, intentional decision for all involved that builds family and spreads love. Joining me today are Kim Perez, the president and CEO of The Cradle, a very special adoption agency based in Evanston, Illinois, whose motto is supporting you always, and Lisa Hamron, a birth mother who utilized the cradle for her very important life decision. Hello, ladies. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having us. So can you talk about what drives your advocacy in support of adoption? Yeah. Adoption is all about family, and being involved in work as a working mother myself that builds and strengthens families is something I'm very proud to be able to share with my child. Yeah, and as a birth mom, it's really important for me to share and advocate um, adoption with young women, um, especially those that are finding themselves with unplanned pregnancies to um, have another option for them to plan. Can you tell me about the mission of the cradle and who it serves? Well, the cradle will serve anyone touched by adoption. The work that we do is done because we have a vision that every child thrives in a safe and loving family. And in order to accomplish that work, we build families through adoption, we support families through their challenges, and we strengthen communities through education. What makes The Cradle different from other agencies? The Cradle's unique for a number of different reasons. We've been around for nearly 100 years, so that is quite a milestone. We're also the only organization in the adoption world that has an on-site nursery where we're caring for newborns while the grown-ups in their lives make those really important life decisions. And we're also an organization that really believes in the lifelong reality that is adoption. It's not once. It's not a moment in time. It is something that impacts everyone touched by adoption throughout their lifespan. I love what you said about the on-site nursery um, because there's a lot going on in that moment of of the adoption process, a critical moment. Can you tell us more about the on-site nursery? Well, the nursery is a place where the newborns can come after they're born and released from the hospital, uh, where they're safe and and loved and nurtured by our nursing staff, yet the grown-ups in their lives have the ability to take a breath, to, to take the time needed to make this lifelong decision and we're trying to create an environment where that baby is cared for with no pressure. It's not required that a certain outcome is achieved, but that it's the outcome that's right for that family, that mother, that child, that father, that family. And you facilitate open adoptions, correct? Absolutely we do. Open adoption has been at the core of the Cradle's values since before open adoption was Mm-hmm. commonplace and uh, we just know that having those open relationships maintaining communication whatever that looks like for the family as they grow and develop it's the right thing for all involved and and that's been something that's been core to our belief system for many many years can you tell us what an open adoption is 
versus there's a closed? No, there's no one definition, if you will, of open adoption. They look very, very different. We want as many um, opportunities for all of the grown-ups involved when the child is young to make decisions about what kind of communication they'll maintain. And as that child gets older, having contact available to them with the birth parents could be by phone, it could be weekend visits. There's all different ways, there's all shapes and forms that this takes, and it changes over time. But the, the openness, the, the knowledge of who all of these individuals are who love this child and have made decisions because they love this child, that's best. What, that's what we believe is best for the family, and that's what we encourage and support and train in all of the processes that we have. Lisa, can you talk about sure. how you came in contact with the cradle? Absolutely, yeah. So I was um, 18 years old, starting off in college, and um, found myself pregnant, um, totally and completely unplanned, and had no idea what I was going to do. Um, and as I was sitting in my dorm room with my best friend, she just mentioned, um, why don't you check out adoption? Um, and so I just quickly did a little Google search and the cradle was the first thing to pop up um, in my search and was able to call and speak with a caregiver right away. Um, and they were able to really just explain to me all the aspects of adoption. I knew nothing going into it outside of what my best friend had told me. Um, and what was really important to me was to um, explore all options um, involved with unplanned pregnancy. Um, oftentimes women choose between the top two popular um, options and I just wanted to make sure that I was really being responsible with my decision um, and so adoption with uh, talking about adoption with the cradle was really really important to me and um, we ended up moving forward and finding an amazing family and um, Everything is going really, really well, and our level of openness is, is a beautiful thing. Kim was talking about how that can vary um, family to family, and so it's all about communication and deciding what works best for us, but as a collective unit, um, we are all in agreement to do what's best for the child, and um, the relationship has been, has been beautiful. Did you have a boy or a girl? I had a, a boy. It was a boy? Yes. Okay. He's now 14. He will be 14 in October. 14 years old and he is an amazing kid. He's perfect and um, he's a real blessing to me and as well to his um, uh, adoptive parents. So, Do you uh, have contact with him? I do. So in the beginning it was um, a lot of contact. Um, in addition to visits, we did uh, quarterly visits. Um, we. Uh, spoke on the phone with them and they also set up a really awesome website for us too oh, cool. uh, where they upload pictures and videos and so we were able to look at those as fre frequently as we wanted to. Um, as the years went on um, visits kind of dwindled they moved to a different state so that kind of changed in person visits sure. um, but we see them a couple times like twice a year now um, but still calling on the phone, still being able to see photos. Now that he's older, he has his own cell phone. <laughs> so we can just text and call directly to him. That's great. Which is awesome. Yeah. And his birth father is now your husband. Yes, which is crazy how that works out. Um, oftentimes you don't see relationships um, like this work out that way, where both people <laughs> decide they 
Stay together. Stay together. So um, we are married. It's six years, and we have two beautiful children together. That's so beautiful. three total, yep. and um, they're all 100% related and blood siblings, and they all love each other. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Um, you experience all of these types of stories all the time. It's a blessing do. to be just a, a, a part in some small way of the building and strengthening of families of all different types. It's a real gift. Lisa, do you have any regrets? No. Um, there are moments where I am sad that he's not with mm-hmm. us. Um, moments that he's not experiencing his, his siblings and, and able to be around us on the day-to-day. But when I'm having those moments, I then think, Lisa, what a blessing he is to his adoptive parents. What a blessing they are to John and I, my husband and I, um, and that they are an extension of our family. And because of the amount of openness that we have, which is facilitated by the cradle, um, it's just a beautiful extension of love and appreciation for each other. And so I then just turn to that. Um, but I can't lie. There are moments where you're just like, oh, I wish things could have been different. But um, it's, all, it's all good. What are some of the realities or myths about adoption? Well, I think just this conversation is indicative of, of one of the realities that, you know, I think most people have a really positive view of adoption generally. But in, in most cases the folks involved in an adoption are not, the, the folks that are not considered involved in the adoption are the, the birth parents. Yeah. And the, the, you know, really amazingly brave decisions that are made. And, um, you know, I think there's also just societally, it's easy to just assume families are the way that one traditionally would view a family. And today, Families are made very, very differently yeah. in a lot of different circumstances. Yeah. They look very different. And from the cradle's perspective, again, there's beauty in that. We value kind of that diversity of what families look like and how they interact. And, and, and you know, being a part of that is, is really a wonderful thing. I think, you know, when we talk to adoptive parents, it can be difficult sometimes because there are traditional activities that are done in school around family trees and you know different things like that and that sometimes can make a child as they're growing up feel different, different. yeah which is never easy for a kid no matter how they are representing those differences and so i think just kind of acknowledging in many ways that adoption touches a lot of yeah. lives and how can we just think differently about it and 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 it kind of acknowledge that, um, without judgment, perhaps, that that some of these um, realities are unique and beautiful, and not the um, perhaps negative stereotypes that tend to come along with many of these stories. I agree, and I appreciate you being here to tell your story and tell a perspective from a birth parent. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice do you have for someone who's considering placing a child for adoption? Well, Lisa's probably even more uh, 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 appropriate to give this feedback. That being said, the best thing to do is pick up the phone and call. You know, there are a lot of assumptions and judgments that are made. At the cradle, we value giving advice that is not about us. It is about whomever we're speaking to on the phone. 
we it's not our decision to make bottom line it is not our decision Fair to make yeah absolutely what about you Lisa well um, I would just say to any woman facing an unplanned pregnancy breathe first and foremost and just to be willing and open to explore all your options um, there's many options there's many different ways of doing things um, and that's what I really loved about uh, the cradle was when I called they were so open to all of those options with me and helping me to navigate what was best for me um, and then when I was able to choose um, adoption they were able to really hone in on the specifics of what I wanted to see in a family and so I just really appreciate that about the cradle and I would just really encourage any young woman facing an unplanned pregnancy to do so as well just really check out all options. Earlier you talked about people facing one of two options. Yes. I think is to have the baby or, or to, to get, terminate, to terminate yeah. the baby and so what I love about the cradle and this discussion is just bringing light and attention to another option. Yeah. Another option, another avenue to consider which I think most people don't think about right away. Put it on the say. same playing field as, as the other two. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you both so much for being here. Thank you for courageously telling your Absolutely. story. Thank you for the work that you do. We're going to talk to some adoptive parents yeah. and hear their story when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We made the difficult decision to birth that baby and look it in its eyes and be like, I can't be everything you need. I can't be the mom that you need. I kept him for a week at my parents' home because I just, I needed time to connect one-on-one -on -one with, with my son. I need to ensure that my child has everything they need and I don't have it and to be able to consciously place your child with a family that is able to do all those things that you can't, like that's absolutely amazing. Welcome back to Dana Being Dana, where we're talking about adoption. Kim Perez, president and CEO of The Cradle, the adoption agency in studio with us today is back, along with two families, Amy and Jay, who have both adopted from the cradle. How are you all today? Doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. So at what point did the cradle become an option for you? Sure. We had always known that we had, my husband and I, likely planned to adopt. I've had a medical condition since I was six years old that made pregnancy not necessarily difficult but it could have been risky mm -hmm. and decided to just based on some of the challenges that could have been faced both for me and a child that being biological parents wasn't our first and foremost interest it was simply wanting to be mm -hmm. parents so it was something that we had um, looked into and when we were actually serious about okay maybe we should actually have kids after we you know were married for a couple years etc um, really just started exploring our different um, options and had actually interviewed and talked with, gone to a few informational se sessions with a couple different adoption agencies and based on then some personal uh, discussions and connections, a friend of mine put me in contact with another parent who had adopted, my mom had had some exposure as a child development teacher and really just made some linkages um, that way and really went to some of the intro classes at the cradle and really were interested in it and appreciated their philosophy and what their take on adoption was and how they approached it. Mm -hmm. 
Jay, how about you? When did adoption become an option for your family? So uh, we have two kids. Um, uh, my oldest son is uh, biological, and there was a lot of drama um, associated with uh, that birth. And as we were thinking about um, expanding our family, it really, I don't think we started where, with adoption, um, but we started thinking about um, uh, different options. And, you know, I'm the kind of person who has to research everything to uh, the last. And so I sort of started cataloging that. At the time, I was working for a child welfare agency um, downtown that actually was using the cradle services. Uh, and so I actually was able to go and talk to some of the folks that I was already working with mm -hmm. and just get their impression on, on the cradle and, and uh, sort of took it from there. So adoption sort of grew, uh, the cradle sort of grew out of, you know, those kind of relationships. So it sounds like, Jay and Amy, you both made the, the decision to adopt for health reasons, and that's how you came in contact with the cradle. Correct. Did you have any preconceived notions about adoption? Not really. I'd had some exposure to it earlier in my life. I had a neighbor down the street who had been adopted. I had two second cousins who were adopted. There was a, a kid that was in my class in elementary school who was adopted, so I'd had some basic exposure to it. But aside from they're adopted, I didn't have a lot of what I'll call specific detailed mm -hmm. knowledge about it. And so I think a lot of the training and the classes that once we decided to go with the cradle that we went through with that was really eye-opening and enlightening and really learned a lot more than you're going to adopt. Mm -hmm. So it was very helpful. Yeah, I, I would say I, I didn't really have a, a clear concept of what adoption really meant um, when I started the process. I was working, as I said, in a child welfare agency, so I had an understanding of the public sure, side yeah. of adoption, but not really what um, private adoption really um, looked like. I didn't come into it with any real preconceived notions, um, and I would agree that um, the just going through the licensing process, the classes that we took at the cradle, um, really helped to, to just educate me as sure. to you know what to potentially expect and and really how to think about um, the process mm -hmm. uh, in total. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the cradle in terms of um, your decision to go with the cradle for your adoption. What was it about that that made it a special agency and the right choice for you and your family? So for me, it was not just the respect um, in the, uh, the, the field um, that, that the cradle was receiving, but it, it had a lot to do with the sort of wraparound services, all the services that they provide for um, both sides, the, the birth families, the adoptive families, um, and uh, the, uh, the, the adopted folks um, yeah. as well. Um, it was really that that um, sort of brought me into it. I didn't know anything about open adoption when we started the process, um, and that also was a thing that um, I became really intrigued about as we, mm -hmm. we move forward. I'd say for very similar reasons. Part of it, definitely the respect in the field, as I talked to various people who'd been through adoption or had familiarity in that area, um, very well respected and very well known. Um, so I think just the stability of the organization and then really understanding some of their philosophy. Uh, candidly, when we went into it, didn't really know about open adoption. I grew up in the era of when it was closed adoptions and so the children didn't generally know who their birth families were. And I went into it candidly with that mentality of well, they gave their child up, and why should they have any interaction with them? Why do we need any contact? And from a lot of the education and things, did a complete 180 on that and really appreciate 
then and now the value of the open adoption. So I think philosophically um, coming at it, and also one of the other things I appreciate is the cradle is very open. Um, so they are not limiting really in terms of who they accept as far as either adoptive or uh, birth parents. Mm -hmm. There are some agencies that will not work with children that have special needs. Mm -hmm. uh, the Cradle does tremendous outreach to find the right fit and family for children that potentially end up being born with special needs. And then also kids that don't have any what I'll call substantial um, medical issue. Mm -hmm. but And they also are very open as far as adoptive families, whether it's um, single parents, mm -hmm. whether it's same-sex couples, mm -hmm. um, and married couples. Um, so just I think from a philosophical perspective very much aligned with our family values and how they treat people. And it was so aligned you went back for more. Yes we did. So we actually have three children um, who we all adopted through the cradle and now they're 13, 10, and 6. Wow. So great first experience and then that obviously continued and honestly didn't want to look elsewhere at that That's point. Awesome. Jay, and how old are your kids? Uh, so my eldest is uh, 10, will be 11 in October, and my daughter is 7. As adoptive parents, how do you feel about open adoption? I know you both had talked about not knowing much about it beforehand and mm -hmm. going through some of the training that you have experienced with the cradle. How do you feel now about open adoption versus, versus before? So my, my feelings haven't really changed much, so we don't really have any relationship with, um, the, uh, with Kaylin's birth mother um, by her choice. Um, I think my wife and I are still certainly open to it. Um, and it would, you know, my daughter's seven now, and she is, she sort of deals with the concept of having a birth mother that she doesn't know anything about in somewhat of a different way that I expect that she'll be dealing with it when she's a teenager when she's Absolutely. 30 years old. Yeah. Um, my guess is I'm gonna, there's hard conversations that I'm gonna have in my future um, that I don't even yet know what they're gonna be about yet. Um, so I, I do feel like if that relationship um, between her and this family that she doesn't know um, really could, it just could be better um, if we did have contact. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, our life is what our life is, and, and we'll sort of take it as, as it is. So, and I think there's a ton of value um, to it. We have varying degrees of uh, openness, and Kim talked about at the beginning that one version of open is not necessarily the same for everybody. So, with three different kids, three different right. circumstances, um, it's certainly been more limited in terms of recently versus when probably they were younger, um, and has continued to change and you know, relationships develop. Everybody goes through difficult. Um, situations and tough spots as well and so it's no different than any other family um, but it's also just to be clear openness also is not co-parenting and I think that some people get Absolutely. confused by that that well there's birth parents and there's adoptive parents at the end of the day my husband and I are the child's parents yes. they're fortunate to also have a birth mom and a birth dad um, that in some cases are involved in their life and in some cases um, aren't but it's also they're not making decisions my husband and I make the decisions um, for our children what we think is best but they have the benefit of still having whether it's birth parent or grandparent etc relationships as well yeah. mm -hmm. I love how you talk about just the longevity of the decision of adoption mm -hmm. and you've mentioned before that the cradle is there to support 
throughout that process. Can you talk a little bit about the ongoing services that, that families like these can expect and that the Cradle provides? Absolutely. You know, it, adoption is a lifelong experience, mm -hmm. and you're absolutely right. Your conversations today are going to be different when your child and your family is in a different stage. Mm -hmm. The services that the Cradle provides really takes all of that into consideration. So, you know, anything from clinical support for families that are really struggling with some of these complicated conversations to ongoing training available for parents, not just to prepare them to be adoptive parents, mm -hmm. but to, to help them um, be prepared for the changes in those conversations that happen. We also believe in kind of bringing to life some of the really complicated topics. So talking about uh, multiracial families, for instance, is one of the things that we do, not because we're the experts, but because we can bring people together who are the experts, families like these, mm -hmm. who can share what they have experienced, what they've learned with other folks who are going through it or will be going through it in a couple years. Mm -hmm. And so it's really that lifelong support. And then in addition, Adopted people who are children grow up to be adopted people who are grown-ups. And sometimes there are things that they need guidance with too and the cradle is still there for them throughout life. You talk about the adoption experience being a lifelong experience. Yes. And I know some of your kiddos are, are younger, mm -hmm. but how has the adoption process evolved? You, now your kids are, are talking and they're asking questions. Mm -hmm. um, how has that continued to evolve as, as they've grown? Sure, we've always been very open about it, literally kind of from day one. Mm -hmm. Adoption has always been a known discussion. I still get occasionally questions from what I'll call newer friends that are, do they know they're adopted? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's no secret. There's nothing to be ashamed of. We're very open about it, but I'm also protective of their own individual stories. And so the stories, they've always known the basic facts, but as it's age appropriate, provide them with additional details uh, based on what they were curious about and really understanding what's the root behind the question that they're asking. Mm -hmm. And so it does ebb and flow like we talked about with even birth parent relationships and things like that. What does that look like? How come this person's involved in my sibling's relationship but maybe isn't um, in mine? So it continues to evolve and uh, to Jay's point earlier, I think the discussions we're having now will look different in mm -hmm. five months from now, five years from now, et cetera. When it comes to your family, what are you most proud of? Mm. Part of it is we just have great kids. It's We're <laughs> no different than any other family at the end of the day. I mean, we still, it's help them with homework, help them get their lunch packed for school yeah. the next day, get everybody out the uh, door on time. It's just, hard. we're no mm -hmm. different than any normal yeah. family. What time are you going to go to bed? Okay, getting everybody in bed. Um, so I think part of it is just, it's a very, it's a normal family that happens to have been formed by adoption. So mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm, I guess, generally most, it sounds cheesy, I guess, but proud of. I, there's individual things of each of my children that I'm proud of and things that they're, um, you know, excel at and do well at. But just from a family perspective, it's just like any other family. One of the things that I actually expected coming out of the, the home study process, mm -hmm. coming out of, you know, the court date, all of that, was that I thought I'd be thinking about it every single day. I thought that this was just going to be a part of my life and I was going, and the first day it was I remember picking up my daughter from the cradle and like it's putting the baby in the car seat and then it's the baby crying in the car like it is just normal parent stuff um, and you know I think so I think the thing that um, we've been most proud of I, I would agree it's 
I don't ever really think about it except when um, they're periodic questions. There are things that will that'll come up. She will say, for example, I, I miss my birth mom. Mm -hmm. And a thing that I think I am proud of is that it's just a normal part of conversation in the same way that she will say, you know, I really like to wear these tennis shoes. Like it's just part of the conversation. It's just part yeah. of the conversation. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think maybe it's just that there hasn't been anything uh, dramatic. I live in Oak Park where I think the cradle was responsible for like nine out of Half every ten families. <laughs> exactly. So it is, you know, it is just normal. Mm -hmm. And again, that's nothing to be, normalcy maybe is nothing to be super excited about, but I, I, mean, I think we can be pretty proud of it. Yeah. Thank you all so much for joining me. Thank I you. really Thanks appreciate you. you all Thank being you. here for this discussion. Adoption is an intentional, brave decision that enhances families in the name of love. If you or someone you know is considering adoption, either as birth parents or adoptive parents, find a reputable agency with highly trained staff, like the Cradle. Know that you are not alone, either upon discovery of a pregnancy or in your desire to expand your family. I encourage you to be intentional about your life and make well-informed decisions. Adoption is a beautiful choice and an incredible way to spread love. Hopefully you have been entertained, if not encouraged or inspired. I do not promise to be an expert, nor do I have all the answers. I'm just Dana being Dana. See you next time.